computer. Welcome to the top M&A entrepreneurs today. My guest is Michael Loftus. Michael runs a company called Connor Landscaping. He's made three acquisitions to date, and I don't think he's slowing down. So welcome, Michael. Hey, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah. So tell us how this all started. I mean, where, where, what were you doing before you decided, I want to do, I want to acquire a company? So I started mine from scratch, actually. So it's kind of contrary to a lot of these guys that start by buying. Yeah. Um, not intentionally. That's just the path I chose was just to go start it. Um, and I kind of hit a wall with kind of growing where I, what I had. Um, and being in California, there's kind of some, some issues with growing organically that maybe weren't here 20 years ago. Um, in the landscaping space, as far as, you know, really a lack of good employees, um, you know, and the space really getting smaller because there's a lot of big money coming into it. Yeah. Um, Cause they like that reoccurring revenue. It's huge. And I mean, that, there's a good and bad in that, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of competition, but also, you know, if you uh, put together a pretty decent sized company, the multiples are, are pretty damn good. Um, what are I'm saying they? that I want to, it depends. I mean, I've seen, um, I think once you get to obviously that million, uh, EBITDA number, that's always a big one. Uh, but I, I knew a guy that sold his company who was doing over a million with the right overhead. That's the other caveat I've seen. Like, we're like, Oh, we make a million bucks. I'm like, well, you don't have the right office staff. You're not paying a general manager, 150 K. I mean, there's a lot of like, you gotta have your pieces in a row, but he had those. And I think he got uh, over 5 million and he got five and a half. Um, 5x multiple on a landscaping company that's yep. amazing uh but he was big you know he was he was doing like i don't know like maybe big for myspace like 10 million making one um but a real one where like he literally was working 10 hours a week not you know i'm working 70 and i want to act like i make a million but reality you haven't hired the right people yet you know yeah so I want to go back to the employee shortage. Are, so are you having difficulty finding people to do the jobs that um, you can trust and do hard work? It's de There's definitely a shortage. Um, I'm lucky I've retained a lot of employees that I had, uh, especially the good ones. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just a huge, it's kind of like an invisible bidding war for people um you know some of these companies like they need people like they're gonna like well what are you getting paid well, i'm getting 17 bucks i'll give you 18 and there's a lot of guys that will jump for that dollar yeah some of them will come to you and like give you an, basically an opportunity to keep them like hey like this other guy literally could be at the gas station like they don't care like they they know what they're looking for um and sometimes you can match it and keep them sometimes you're like i can't pencil it you know, I understand if you got to go, you know, it's not a personal thing. I think some of these guys take it personal. Um, but in reality, these guys are on the knife's edge living in California, making that much money. I mean, it's, you're, you're right at the knife's edge. Yeah. Uh, well, so when you started, you, you launched your own uh, landscaping company just organically. Mm -hmm. And then what did you do? You said, Hey, I'm not growing fast enough. I'm going to go start acquiring a couple others. Yeah. So I, I think I did organic for the first three to four years um, and learned a ton, learned a lot about the industry. I mean, I was, didn't know much about it before I got in um, and did plenty of learning. And then I was like, you know what? Like I had no idea business by sell even existed. So I was like, 
I had a random thought. I'm like, I'm going to just Google like landscape business for sale. And of course, business by sale is like one of the top ones that comes up. Yeah. And I must have spent like three full days just looking at business by sale, like, and not even just at landscaping, you know, like how much the uh, Jiffy Lube sells for, or, you know, just these random, like this roofing company, like, man, that's huge. Like, holy shit. Like, and then how much they want for these companies. I just thought it was fascinating. Um, and I don't obviously don't have MA experience, but I kind of was like, okay, well, what's the next step? And I saw a few little ones. I saw one that was around the corner for me. So just did the, you know, fill out the NDA, you know, talk to the broker, go meet the seller, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And well, how big, tell me about like the deal size. What was like, how big? I mean, the, the first one, they were doing like half a million bucks and making hundred ish. Yeah. Um, and knowing what you know, because you're in the industry, do you know that that was in the range? Yeah, that, that was what I was looking for. Um, I also didn't really want to go grab a bunch of debt before I really knew what I was doing. That, that's the way I looked at it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not debt averse, but I'm also kind of careful. Um, and so I was like, hey, I'm going to look at something that I can actually swing by myself um, and not, you know, take on a ton of debt before I'm really ready for it. Yeah, let me let me get a, a sense of where were your size of your company at that point? Is it did you hit a million in top line? Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like a million three, million four. Uh-huh. Uh, and I did that all organic. And then so this guy would have taken me to like two million bucks. Yeah. Um, and I think he had like six, seven guys or something like that. Um, and then the other two were a little bit bigger than that one. I think they're doing like seven, eight hundred um, with some more people. So yeah, uh, I kind of still stayed in that ballpark, but definitely stayed under the um, the group of guys that are getting those big multiples. Um, justifiably. Yeah, yeah. That's that's still what. Uh one two three multiples yeah so yeah we're we're in the nothing more than three yeah nothing um, more than three okay yeah. um at this size and i think once you get past you once you get to i think 400 500 grand you're going to start getting to the fours fives yeah. um so i think it's kind of a weird sweet spot the big guys don't want to mess with these doesn't mean they're not good um and i think there's a lot of talk I've seen on Twitter at least about, you know, don't buy small companies, don't buy small companies. I'm like, I, I agree. But if you're already in that industry, um, they're, they're great as bolt-ons, but I wouldn't buy it individually. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. You're buying a you, job. I mean, Michael, I, the conversation I had with Michael Girdley, who you've already met, I mean, he bought mm -hmm. a whole bunch of hyper niche, small $1 million top line companies. Yeah. 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 And mine were small, but they had amazing employees, just phenomenal people who still work for me. I think I kept of the three companies I bought, I kept 90% of the recurring revenue accounts and 90% of the employees. Yeah. So um, you, all those three companies you looked at a biz by sell you bought. So um, two of them were biz by sell. The third one was biz by sell, but the broker reached out to me. So what I did this is before I think they cracked down on business. So this is probably three, four years, three years ago. Yeah. Something like that. Um, I actually put out a, 
I paid to have a spot on Biz by Cell. And what I did, I it was like a, this is like a wanted, like, hey, I'm looking for a commercial landscape business, you know, EBITDA between, you know, I, I forget what I put, like 80 grand to, you know, a few hundred grand. Um, yeah, a nice you know, classified. You, yeah. Yeah, but I kind of like, I put it in the for sale section. So I kind of like backdoored in. Um, oh, okay. And I don't know, I was like, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to try it. Like, do I have nothing to lose? It costs like 25 bucks to put in there. Like, see what happens. Sure enough, a guy who was selling his business in LA, the broker, was selling a big property management company for a family. And one of the sons also had a landscape business who he is selling as well. But this was kind of like a, like a small thing that he had to sell for them. He normally sells this bigger stuff. Right. And he's just like, all right, like we're going to find, like, he's like, finds me. He's like, let's come meet. Let's see, see if it's a good match. And he was just like a no bull, no bullshit, no nonsense. Like, Hey, this is a price. Um, you know, does it work for you? I'm like, yeah, I think I beat him up like 50 grand or something and made an offer. And he's like, that's great. And he's like, we're not going to have to you on it. Let's just get it done. Okay. So actually. Oh, yeah. So that was just like, they were trying to unload some assets for, for some bigger portfolio that where this just is like an add on or something. This was a small piece of it, um, of a family's kind of uh, deal that they were kind of selling off. Uh, they weren't selling the real estate, but they were selling their businesses. Yeah. Um, and he was kind of in charge of selling the big one, but this was just kind of a afterthought. Um, and I kind of fit the bill. I already had the licensing, I already had all this stuff. I kind of was in industry already, which made it easier. Um, yeah. How many clients but, came with that business? Um, like 50. 50? And 90% stayed with you? Uh-huh. Did you raise prices, keep the prices the same when you... That's a good, that's a good question. So I... Every year on all of my recurring revenue properties, which I, I think I have like 200 or so, uh, we do do a cost of living increase every year. Yeah. It's normally like four or five percent, um, which you got to do because if you don't, uh, it's just like human nature. Like if well, you inflation is eight percent, so right, that that too, um, and also fuel is through the roof, and I have like 24 trucks, so that adds up. Yeah, that uh, the fuel, my fuel bill went up like I think six thousand dollars a month. Um, Jesus, yeah, not doing anything different. Like we're running the same amount of trucks, same distances, everything. Right. Uh, so when you go take your truck to Quick Trip or something, now it's a hundred dollars to fill up to oh, at least, and it's all these trucks, and you know, it's it's another thing. It's like being in business, like they don't. You know, they don't, they don't yeah, tell you what so to do, I, right? I'm, I'm like picturing this in my head. So you, there's a bidding war for good workers, mm-hmm. 18, 19, 20 bucks. There's prices of gas and expenses just going up. Mm-hmm. How are you keeping up, like charging more? Yep. And is there elasticity when you say, hey, customer, I know we I know we charge you this month, but inflation just went up 8% in May, you know, June. That's... So. That is a good question. So I kind of, all my, all my contracts are third net, they're 30 day contracts technically, but they're really sticky. No one gives rid of you. Uh, It's kind of like, you know, a Netflix subscription. You can get rid of it anytime you want, but how many people really do? Not many people. Uh, It's kind of the same mentality. Um, You it's it's yours to lose kind of thing. Um, If you screw up, make mistakes, dent a car. You got to like not show up. I mean, that's like how you lose them. Um, Yeah. But I, when gas went, and so I'm in Orange County, California, and gas went from 
four bucks, which I was like, oh, this is like not cheap. When it went up, started going up to that five fifty six buck range, I was like, you know what? My gas bill has gone up six thousand dollars. I'm not going to take a six grand bath on that. So what I ended up doing was, I mean, I just made this up. I took that delta and I divided it up through my properties and actually sent a little surcharge. So if let's say my monthly billing rate is a thousand dollars for a property, I went and said, Hey, um, gas fuel surcharge as a, as a line item underneath, you know, 45 bucks. But I did that across all my accounts. I think I did like either 25 bucks or 50 bucks, you know, something like that. And I ended up making up that difference. Um, and even my girl who runs my office, who's great, she's like, Mike, are you sure? Like, you know, it's going to make these people mad and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, listen, I'd rather deal with four or 10 of the 200 people that we do work for calling me and crying, or maybe one leaves or what I'd rather deal with that than take a six grand bath and continue yeah. to like, that's every month. That's not like a one-time deal. Yeah. No kidding. Um, so we did that and I had only one person even say anything to us. And he was like, Hey, is this temporary? I'm like, yeah, until gas goes back to a normal rate, which should, I don't know, four bucks. Um, yeah. Uh, but, for at least another three years. So, you yeah. know, I, you know, it ended up being that I think we end up billing like $6,500 more just on these little fuel charge deals, but they're spread out. So, you know, the client's like, yeah, 50 bucks. I get it. Gas is crazy. No, not a big deal. Like no problem. Yeah. But you know, if you don't do it, like you're just going to lose money. Like you're just not going to make it. So that's how I've kind of kept up with it. And we, we just did our cost of living increase. Um, I think we did like four and a half percent. It's, you know, you're battling a lot of different fronts. You know what I mean? But I think that's any business. I don't, I don't think yeah. that's unique no, to that's what I'm doing. So how did that, that, that was the, your first acquisition to yeah. bolt on to your, did, did you do anything with the, whoever was running the legal or accounting, did those stay come or come with the business? So they had, um, you know, they had an account that they've been using forever who just was nice, but just really slow, um, which I actually found a woman that does all my accounting stuff now who's really quick, really good has a good team with her um, that kind of like, I fold these into mine. So basically like everyone, it's an asset sale. Everyone gets fired on Friday. They're hired by me on Monday. Um, and they're basically employees of my LLC now. So I don't really take on their LLC when I buy the company. You just buy um, the assets. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, rehire all the people, even though they, the guys don't feel like they got fired. Cause I mean, it just, it's just a legality. Like you change. Okay. You're on my payroll now. Yeah. Um, so I've had a, I've had a really good, uh, woman doing the accounting for me the last few years and attorney wise, I have, um, my dad's had a business attorney for 25 years. Who's really good. And yeah. pretty. who's your dad, my dad. Yeah. Is it Ed Loftus? Ed Loftus is my yeah, dad. Cause I, I noticed the connection in there. Um, you know, I, I was just going to make a point that a lot of people go in wanting to buy these businesses and thinking these attorneys and legal team are excited about selling it. They're not because they're actually losing a client. Mm -hmm. So they may drag their feet or not want to. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've seen attorneys screw these people left and right on different deals. I mean, I had one at the literally the five yard line, uh, probably six months ago. Um, 
great tuck-in right down the street from me. Uh, everything, the go, me and the seller had good connection. Um, you know, the numbers lined up, you know, my business was like eight times as big as his. So, you know, the seller note wasn't a big deal. Um, but, you know, he brought this attorney in who didn't like the collateral and that was enough for him to not do the whole deal. Yeah. Um, even though I even let him speak to the three other sellers that I had completely paid back, uh, which I didn't want to do, but if that's what it was going to take to get the deal done, like here, here's the guy's names and numbers, give him a call, you know, and so that this, ended up not being enough. Yeah. So this first deal that you did added, what are like 400,000 top line, something like that? 500. Yeah. 500,000 top line. So you're now right around 2 million close $2 million on and then EBITDA was proportional, the same? Yep, because I I still didn't have office staff at that point. So I was still doing everything by yeah. myself. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. And it, it, it was there kind of a bump in the road where it was kind of crazy for a couple of months, three, four oh, months? Oh, yeah. I was shitting bricks, man. I Well, I, I wired all the money I'd ever saved, to be quite honest with you, um, to have as the down. Um, and... Yeah, have you made your money back? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's just my personality. I, I just go all in. I'm just, I'm going to go for it. And, you know, I was like, you know, I'm not going to have this not work for a lack of effort. That's never been my issue. So yeah. I just went in there. And I'm like, told the guys, I'm like, Hey, the guys are working there. I'm like, Hey, just give me a chance. I know you don't know me. Um, you know, but give me a shot. And I think you guys are going to be surprised. So, yeah. uh, and they did and it all worked out and then everybody stayed and I've kept, you know, most of the business and most of the guys. And did you um, reach out to all the clients and say, Hey, there's a new owner. And yeah, we sent out a letter, uh, kind of informing them, Hey, we've acquired the business, blah, blah, blah. We retained all the employees and we always make sure we put that in there. Um, you know, if you'd like to do an onsite visit and meet and talk, like, please reach out, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, of the three, I mean, I had 10% of all the clients like actually care enough to want to meet me to yeah be honest, it, it's just you don't want to like think just because that's what you do that it's like really people care about it yeah <laughs> um i'm kind of an invisible service like someone owns like a five million dollar commercial building we come and we mow the lawns we keep everything clean it, you're kind of an invisible service that they just kind of pay. It's like electricity. Or you don't notice or, it until somebody's not doing it. Exactly. And you want to be invisible, to be honest. Some, I mean, some other clients are more high touch. Like they want to talk to you. They want to look, walk the property and all this stuff. But I, most of my clients aren't that way. Um, but also when they call us, we're all over it um, and handle it. Um, so I also don't, I don't want to like force myself to meet with them if they don't care enough to meet you know yeah they just um, like hey man as long as you keep up the service that's it right and that's mostly what we get from people like hey you know that sounds good man like you know uh we need you know your w9 and we need uh um i forget there's another few other pieces of paper we also need you know to be additionally insured through your pol insurance policies and little paperwork stuff but not like you know oh my gosh you're the new owner like, oh this is so different a dramatic change this is gonna yeah like, most of them don't care and i really overestimated that i was like what if they leave and all this stuff and after the first one i realized i'm like people don't care that much i'm the one that actually cares because i just wired all the money that i have yeah. um but yeah they most people just don't really care did you um, offer them anything else like seller financing or some other thing and they just didn't want to take it 
So no, no, no. I, we did, I did seller finance on all my deals. Oh, okay. So how, what was that split? What did that look like? So first one. Yeah. For, I think it was like 25% uh, seller finance. Okay. Um, and it's been about that or yeah, around that for all of them. So, uh, and the rest um, cash. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So how did that second deal go? Where'd you find that? The second one was the one that I, that the guy found me on biz by self when he had to like offload everything. Oh, okay. That was the second one. Okay. Um, which was in LA, which is a little bit North of us. Um, and then the third one was from biz by sell. Um, which was, I mean, they all were good deals for like different reasons. And they all had a pro- different problem too that I had to solve once you got in that you didn't find that you, there's no way you could have known in the due diligence. Yeah. Um, so that is, uh, I had a mentor tell me, it's like, there's a puzzle in front of you. You just got to figure out what the puzzle and solve where the pieces go. Yeah. Because every business has, like you just said, its own problem. You just have to solve that. Yeah. And I think when you solve it also is important. I think people don't talk about that enough. Like let's say the last business I bought, um, the guy was great. Everything was fine. Um, got in the middle of it. Uh, and the squirrel that was in there was he was paying these guys on Saturdays and he was paying them cash to work on Saturday. Um, that's and that wasn't book. in the books. That wasn't talked about in any meeting, anything, but we're already in this thing. I'm already in. So it's kind of a figure it out thing. So, and knowing how these kind of employees are coming in and deciding I'm going to change everything right now, or I'm going to change something to do with your check or your money. You could easily lose all your employees in a day, in a week, like yeah. you, all yeah. your key people, like you could, they could leave. So of course the next day you'd love to like stop paying cash, make sure everyone's on payroll, just like everything else. But you kind of have to have more strategy. So what I was like, I was like, in the, in the course of a year, by the year from today, I want to try to be off this cash deal. I want to make up, so I got to get to know the guys. That's the most important thing. Um, you, sure that- you, you inherited the problem. You saw it, you knew it was a problem, but you didn't do anything about it so that they built trust in you that you're going to fix it. Immediately. I didn't do it immediately just because, it's already a, a change for these guys to have a new owner to have, you know, office staff that they never met um, to they're just kind of a little bit skittish. Um, but so I kind of was like, first things first, like these guys need to know who know who I am, know that I'm approachable, that I'm not, you know, the scary white boss. I'm like, I'm just another guy. I'm just happening to be your boss. Um, and you speak I'm Spanish? Up in us. Yeah. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Um, my landscape Spanish is really, really good. Uh, kitchen Spanish is not good. Um, talking shit Spanish, like level 10. Um, <laughs> um, but so I, I realized there was a problem and I was like, you know what? Over the course of the year, I want to transition out of that. I'll find a way. I'll, you know, and sometimes you almost have to just blame other reasons. Like even though in the reality is it's like, hey, we need to not be using cash. Like everything needs to be above board. I don't play games like that. I, you know, we're going to do everything on payroll. If you worked extra hours, it's going to be overtime. It's going to be time and a half. I have to pay workers comp on every dollar of that payroll. I, I just don't mess around with that because I've worked. You, you can be getting a lot more trouble, especially if they got hurt on a Saturday. All, all of that stuff. So and, I've worked way too hard and put too much money in yeah. to like have to not do it the right way. 
That's I mean, really, the, the previous owner was actually screwing them, paying him cash. Like, okay, you're making cash in the short term, but if you got wounded, hurt, hey, Probably. I have no, I have no knowledge of that. Right? He could back yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's a plethora of problems with that. Um, so what I ended up doing was, I forget at a certain point, I was like, hey guys, like you know, the accountants, you know, they're they're not letting me do the cash thing anymore. Uh, we have to put it on payroll, you know. I, I'm sorry, man. I would love to do it, but you know, I blame like the accountants, you know, the accountants will do whatever I tell them to do, but right. I, you know, I'm just kind of like making me not be the bad guy on this one. Um, make the invisible person that they don't know. And, you know, they kind of came around to it, but they trusted me. They knew who I was. They knew I wasn't, you know, trying to screw them. Did you and ask for their input to help solve it or you I, waited? Kinda? So I waited and then I thought about how to approach it. And then I approached the guy who was basically the account manager, kind of like the ringleader guy of the, that group. And I told him about it. I'm like, Hey, this accountant's really breathing down my neck. We really have to get out of the cash thing because they're really on me about it. Um, so, you know, I just want to let you guys know in the next few weeks, we're going to have to transition that over. And he was like, you know, I get it. No, no problem. You know, uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's just make Did sure you lose anybody. No. How, mm -hmm. how did that, the, how was that coming out? Was that cut that cash coming out of the business account? But where was it going? I like traced it doing an audit. Hey, we're well, paying employees. Okay. So how he's, how was he doing it? Yeah. I, well, I see it was how he's doing it. It was just getting taken cash out of the bank account mm -hmm. and paying him out. But somebody's got to write an invoice for that. That cash going out, like where's so, that expense going? Because he could have been just putting it in his pocket. Yeah, I think what he was taking it out of money that he had paid himself, which is stupid because it's like you're definitely you're pulling out cash after taxes paid. You know, it's just it's stupid. Um, I was lucky, so I have part of my business that I'll renovate homes sometimes. Yeah, uh, for landscaping, I love it because it's there's no accounts receivable. Um, and, you know, sometimes those clients will pay you in cash, um, which does help with that stuff. But it's, it's, it was just a pain. I don't like dealing with it at all. I'd much rather have a check for everything, let everything be on the books. It just having two sets of books, it's just a mess. I, I don't, yeah. I don't like doing it. Yeah. So every, every business I bought has a different problem, but also is great for a different reason. So yeah. that's, so, that's my experience. So where are you at now? The top line? Uh, we're about like four, four and a half, 4.3 or something like that. Yeah. And then what about, um, uh, 500, like six, 500, 600 in that range. Yeah. See, we'll see how the end of the year plays out, but are, are you, do you have plans to entertain private equity offers if you get to the 1 million or what do you want to do? I don't, I don't think so. I really enjoy it. I, yeah. I like not, I'm not, in a hurry to get big and have an EBITDA and sell, you know, exit, yeah. have an exit as, as, as exciting as that sounds to have an exit. I, I don't know. I, you know, what would really, you do next? I mean, like, that's it, a great question. Yeah, that, like, that's actually a bigger question. It's not, you know, most people are like, well, what about the money? I'm like, well, that's interesting, but what's a better thing I can do with my money, my after tax right. money. And also I'm running my lifestyle through my business, you know? So a lot of things that I'm paying for are pre-tax. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll tell know. you, if there's an interview with a tiger 21 guy that runs that, that's one of the biggest masterminds. He said, 
usually an entrepreneurs make way much more money staying in their business that they grew because once they sell and try to become an investor, they usually lose their money. And he, the people in his group are hundred worth a hundred million or more billion. Mm -hmm. They are better entrepreneurs than they are investors. Absolutely. And I'm, I can only speak for myself. Like I know my niche. I know what I'm doing. That doesn't mean I know how to do a bunch of other stuff um, or know, you know, which crypto to buy or which real estate to buy or, you know, all this stuff. I'm not, I know my thing, my weird small niche um, and staying in my lane has worked. So I'm not really going to change that. And, you know, I think it'd have to be like a huge number for me to think about yeah. getting out, you know? Um, yeah. And even then it's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> if you're making, let's say 2 million bucks, EBITDA, and they are going to give you, let's say, 10 million bucks, you know, okay. So you get your 10, you pay at least three in tax, maybe four in California. California? Uh, you pay 54. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's say you're a genius and you walk away with 6 million bucks. Um, you know, what am I going to put that into? That's going to give me the same returns that I have. Nope. It's just not. not. And, and yeah. in my mind, it's like, okay, I could have run my business for, for three more years or four and like have my money back, you know? So it's kind of, I don't know. So you're yeah. kind of battling that, I think, back and forth. But I'm a long ways from that. So from even making that decision. But yeah, yeah. I have had a few people ask me to buy me out, which was it was kind of cool. But I won't do it. Yeah. But um. So now yeah. that you've bought three business, you started one organically, and you bought three businesses. You've got a reputation for doing a acquisitions. Are people coming to you now with? Hey, I got this landscaping company. It's doing 1 million top line, 2 million. Are you interested? So I have, um, it's kind of cool. I've, I've gone on to Twitter recently uh, into the small business Twitter uh, world, which is really neat. It's really cool to see other people doing stuff and um, just being kind of transparent about how those, how that's going. Cause being an entrepreneur and also, you know, acquisition guy or a searcher, as people are saying, it, it's not, there's not a lot of community, right? It's kind of like you're on your own. And it's like you're on your own. You're, and, yeah, Michael Girdley said like, a, you, you're alone. I mean, until you, you figure out you're hanging around with other business owners, you're alone. Mm -hmm. You really are. And, you know, it's um, it's just a different path. You know, it's very different from most people's, how they do things or how they look at things. Um, but yeah, I've had, uh, you know, some early, really cool connections on Twitter, different brokers and, um, you know, it was pretty, I think I've had like at least a few deals got DM to me before they got listed uh, to like, take a look at, um, yeah, yeah. which was really cool. I mean, I was like, well, I think that's worth, that's worth having a Twitter, like just because of like three messages. Right. Um, so the, this is happening because you post on Twitter. I, I guess, I mean, it, what I, just post about like how I've done acquisitions. I've done some of these podcasts and talk about it a little bit. And um, people kind of like tag me and stuff like, Hey, you got to get connected to this guy or, you know, it's really cool. Cause it is kind of its own weird slice of Twitter. It's like this just yeah. small. I, I know, guess I got to get more uh, used to it. I, I have an account and I post there automatically from all mm -hmm. my posts, but I'm not getting that kind of traction. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I didn't, I laughed about it. I had a friend who was like, man, like another business owner. He's like, Hey, you got to get on Twitter, man. Like, you love it. All this stuff. I'm like, dude, I don't care 
what you know Kanye West is saying on his Twitter or whatever. <laughs> you know, I, I, I just don't I don't care about it. I don't yeah. care to see the news. I don't I, I don't I don't need that. Um so he's like, no, 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 it's all, you know, there's a bunch of business guys and they talk about different ideas and this kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I'll try what's it. What's the what's the name of the thread? So it's not really a thread, it's really kind of like this big, I'd say like probably a few thousand people um that are um it's basically SMB Twitter. So SMB there's a Twitter. Yeah. And if you go like there's a few guys that you could go find that are kind of like that are connected to all, almost everybody. Girdley is definitely one of them. Yeah, the Girdley. Uh, Girdley's uh, it's funny. I talked to him and he's uh he's not using LinkedIn. I go, LinkedIn is like the B2B social media platform. You're there's 58 million businesses listed on B2B, and he's in the acquisition business. So uh mm-hmm. I think you'd be surprised how many deals happen on Twitter. It's like unbelievable. Like you yeah. would be like, are you kidding me? It, deals are happening on Twitter all the time. Uh, I, gotta, um, I guess I got to jump into it. Like, yeah. yeah, I even have another guy that I talked to frequently um, who was at a big law firm who ended up leaving his law firm and now started his own law firm doing just based around small acquisition stuff, uh, small to middle market. Um, and I think I haven't spoken with him yet, but they're so packed. They don't even know what to do. And they're not marketing. Like they're literally, it's almost all Twitter people, um, which is acquiring law firms or just acquiring anything. No, no, no. He's, he started a law firm that they cater to guys doing acquisitions. Oh, okay. So they want to find like a searcher who's like, Hey, like I want to buy this um, plumbing company in Des Moines. Like, you know, can you help me out? And they uh, will basically help them with all the paperwork and kind of walk through the process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. So there's a lot of opportunity on Twitter, I think. Um, and a lot of like business happening, which you wouldn't guess, but so definitely stuff happening. Let's say that, you know, you idolize the, the Warren Buffett where, you know, who comes to tap dances into work, uh, loves what he does, reads for four hours, takes a few phone calls and goes home, have a, get a bunch of Cokes and goes home. Where are you at with kind of structuring that where you have a bunch of general managers and, you're working, you know, the time you want to work. So I, I'm at a really good spot right now. So I have my office staff. My girls are very good. They're paid well, but they're loyal and they kick ass. Um, so my office stuff, phone calls, meet all that stuff is all, all the paperwork is done by them, um, which takes a ton off my plate. And then I have basically like area managers for like the three main areas that we do work in. Um, And I'd say I'm working like 15 hours a week. You're Uh, working 15 hours a week. Okay. So, and that goes back to your EBITDA number, right? Yeah. There's some people who are the same top line as me, but they try to say, Oh, well I make 800 K or I make like 750. I'm like, well, that's interesting, but you're literally working 60 hours a week and you don't have the right people. You haven't hired the right people to be in the right spots. And it's not just about like, I want to work less. It's more about, I got a lot of runway. So I, you know, growing to that 10 million will be a lot easier if I have the time to actually do it. Right. Yeah. Like I'm meeting with a seller on Tuesday. Yeah, it's not going to happen if you're driving around to locations, checking on people. Exactly. So yeah. I'm lucky I'm in this like weird middle ground where um, I have a lot of runway and, you know, I know that there's going to be an acquisition easy in the next year. I'm going to buy something. I don't know what it's going to be. 
maybe a bigger one with an SBA yeah. loan. I don't know, but I, I'm going to be ready for it and um, have the bandwidth to do it. Cause if you yeah. don't have the bandwidth, like you can't do acquisition. Like you're literally, if you're, you know, the water is up to here, how are you going to grow? Like you just, yeah. you don't have the energy or the time. Yeah. So who do you go to? I know your dad, uh, he's in, is he in private equity or what's he do? So he owns his own businesses. Um, yeah. and he, he has probably has three or four. Yeah. Um, do you go to him for advice, inspiration? And yeah, me yeah. and him are very, very close. You know, he lives 10 minutes down the road. Uh, also my brother, my younger brother, um, really freaking smart, um, uh, who hasn't done his first acquisition yet, but he's not far off. Yeah. What, what does he, he want does. to do it in? in? What industry? He wants to get into something reoccurring, like that reoccurring revenue, kind of like how I have the, the maintenance, uh, yeah. commercial maintenance. What about um, pool, pool supply stuff? That's Pools are tough. Uh, huh? Pools, like the, the margin isn't very good. There's not a lot of add-on stuff. Like pool construction, there's money in it. It's just, I don't know that I'd pay a multiple for a construction business. Yeah, uh, that you have to keep bidding and winning, and especially a construction business when you know, technically we are going into a recession. So I've already heard like ten people this morning say technically we are in a recession. I mean, what is it? Two months of the, you know, negative GDP. So yeah. So what does that mean for you? I mean, do they people when they start cutting back in a recession? Where are you in the process of, like, okay, we got to we're going to cut our gym memberships. We're going to cut landscaping we're gonna cut our ice cream friday social fridays right um so i am one of the last things i'll be honest with you because if you own a five million dollar commercial building um you know you might not re-slurry the parking lot this year right you're like eh, that's good enough but you're still gonna mow the lawn and keep the weeds out and keep it clean yeah, yeah. right i mean it's a five million dollar building like how do you not pay the guy a thousand bucks to keep it clean yeah like, that doesn't might- make sense yeah yeah. Right. So I think that I'm one of the last people to get cut um, with the maintenance stuff, which makes it so attractive. And that's why I think so much private equity money is chasing it because it's, it's just really diverse and it's really recession proof, yeah. super recession proof. Um, so I, I feel pretty good about it. I mean, I know a lot of people are freaking out about the recession or maybe farther than that, but I mean, this is why I got into this business is to be ready for these. So yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people got COVID, you know, crushed them and all stuff. And I literally didn't change anything. I, we did the same stuff. Just kept going. Yeah. Kept going. Do you, um, do you, when you go have your people do the job, uh, how do they know like the property manager is checking to do their job? Do you send them pictures? Do they visit once a month or how do, how do you know that, that that happens and you feel comfortable like, Hey, you know, here's your schedule to clean the bathroom. You know, mm-hmm. are you on schedule? So uh, luckily we don't clean bathrooms because that would be. Well, I was just kind of making it. Yeah, that would be a whole different. I always program. walk in a, like, if you walk in a restaurant. And yeah, yeah, they have the schedule checklist. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So normally property managers are um, stretched too thin to be checking properties um, that they don't have issues with. That's my experience. Um, so if, if there's a squeaky wheel, they're going to go. And my goal is to have our guys do a good job where well, there isn't any squeaking wheels and they just pay the bills. So um, it's pretty infrequent that I have a project manager say, hey, I'm at the property and 
it doesn't look very good. I mean, I get one of those emails once a year, maybe. I, there, it's very infrequent. But also, I, I pay my guys well. I, oh, I try to retain the best people I can, and you know, I just don't cut corners on stuff. I don't like, hey, like this property really needs two guys for the whole day to work on it. I'm not like, well, let's just send send one so I can like make more money. In reality, I'm making more problems for myself because the property is going to start looking like shit. Oh, yeah. Um, and that'll end up, end up biting you in the long exactly. run. Exactly. It's just short-term thinking, and I'm a, I'm a long-term player. Yeah. I, I don't. Are you in any masterminds? No. Not in any. I Eventually, I want to get in YPO. I really want to go in YPO. I have a few friends uh, that are older that have, that have been in it that are really big on it. Um, yeah. But uh, I'm not in Vistage. Uh, have you heard of the Vistage? I've heard of Vistage. And then uh, what's the other one? Um, it's another one that's like for smaller than YPO. Um, uh, I have the name written down. I know who you're. Vistage is definitely one of them I've, I've heard about. Um, I've thought about it. You know, I. I don't know. I don't have an opinion on it one way or the other. I just I knew YPO YPO is a really good one that I've that I've heard from personal people that yeah. I know um, that they really talk highly of it. But um, yeah, I mean, well, man, I, I got to tell you, this is like it seems like it's swimming along. You're working on your fourth acquisition from your original platform company and some good advice, man. Thanks. Good real it, world. So I really appreciate the time you spent with me. Yeah, yeah man, it's it's journey and, you know, it's uh, it keeps me on my toes and I have fun with it. So I think as long as you're having fun and making money, you know, keep doing it. Yeah. So you want to plug anything? I, I like, I happen. Like you want to plug your Connor landscaping and uh, yeah. So uh, just my Twitter, uh, my Twitter is sign the fronts. It's a, uh, it's kind of an homage to my dad. My dad would always come home and say, you know, Hey, you know, sign a lot of the fronts of the checks today, you know, cause it means he's paying people and not getting paid. Yeah. yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm si- you know, I'm just signing the fronts, Mike. So I kind of was like, oh, that's actually kind of a funny little one. So that's what I made my Twitter handle is sign the fronts. Sign the fronts at sign the fronts. Nice. Mm -hmm. Michael, thank you so much for the time. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. All right. Take care. All right. See ya. Bye.